We have some news. Mark your calendars and buy some plane tickets. Arrange for lodging because we have our live show announcement. And it's really soon. Uh, We are going to be at the Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at the Sheraton Milwaukee Brookfield Hotel um, from Friday to Sunday, April the 7th through April the 9th. That is right. We are coming to the upper Midwest. It is a new region for us. Um, and we would love to see you. So if you're in Chicago or if you're in any of the surrounding areas, hell, even Canada, you can come if you want to. We would love to meet you. Go to MidwestGamingClassic.com to uh, to look at tickets and look at uh, uh, arrangements and things like that. Uh, we will have more information um, in the coming weeks as we get this figured out. Uh, we literally just booked this kind of. So uh, we're, we're, we're still straightening it up. We're going to have meetups, all the usual live show stuff. So again, April 7th through the 9th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We'd love to see you. MidwestGamingClassic.com. Oh, God, I'm in a loop. Let's just listen to the extra sode. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Yes. And this week, uh, it's an extra sode. We are reading your responses to Shadow of Destiny slash Shadow of Memories, depending on where you are from. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we have not, uh, maybe more responses will come in because they were recording at the same time the episode came out. <laughs> uh, but this is the stuff before uh, we uh, took a big, you know, turn the 4th of July into the 4th of shit. Um, I'm going to start here with Richard. Richard says, via contact. Shadow of Destiny is an unintuitive mess with no consistent narrative or gameplay logic. And yet I find myself defending it because the release of a small scale personal project with no obvious hook on the PS2 is kind of miraculous. It wouldn't stand out on the PC, it wouldn't stand out on a console that allowed for digital distribution, and it doesn't stand out now that we're getting full, fully localized Danganronpa releases, but it was completely out of sync with the PS2 games that were released in 2001. I can't think of anything else on that console that feels so much like one person's undiluted creative vision, with the possible exception of Metal Gear Solid 2. I mean, it isn't a good game, and when Gary tweeted about it, I assumed it'd be on Abject Suffering. But still, <laughs> this would be a way worse abject suffering because oh, I yeah. would have just gotten frustrated and quit before the game revealed all of its poop. <laughs> yeah, before before it fully yeah. goats eat its its innards to me. Like, jeez, that's a lot of uh, upsetting verbs, Gary. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my, my, my brand. <laughs> upsetting verbs. Yeah, this um, is uh, this is Richard Pillbeam, actually. Uh, oh, hey, uh, jerks, jerks, Sons Frontiers. On, uh, on on YouTube, yeah, no, it's a f- f- fantastic guest, fantastic person. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yes, uh, th- this is an amazing oddity, and it is something that feels like it could have only happened on the PS2 very, very early on. And you're right; in the current indie climate, this would not be nearly as notable as when this was a major studio release. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what I was, I was kind of saying. Was, you know, when there's there's no shortage of weird now. Yeah, kind of what I meant. It is like it is a personal project, and I can see the um. The kind of appeal of that, it's just, it's whether, you know, yes, it's individual and singular, but is what's being said worth being said? Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. I'm I'm glad uh, Richard listens to this, though. I I always am happy when somebody who I, you know, respect, like I find out somebody whose content I really like listens. Not that I am not happy when people, you know, other people listen, too, but it's always kind of like, oh. Yeah. No, it feels very good. Yeah. I like like mutual fandoms. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Richard. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Tom writes via the contact forum. 
I have a huge amount of affection for Shadow of Destiny or Shadow of Memories here in Europe. Uh, it was one of my first PS2 games. I got it on recommendation of one of my college buddies who had played it and fell in love with it. Sure, the voice acting was horrendous, but it was still better than most efforts at fully at a fully voiced uh, game at the uh, at that same time. Um, and the dialogue was nothing if not perfunctory. Uh, but as a console gamer, I'd rarely seen anything of its kind before. Exploring the town and the various time periods was one of my favorite pastimes for a few months as I replayed the game over and over, trying to get the various endings, some of which blew me away with the intricacy of its plotting. It's hard to get that right even with one ending, uh, but with five it's basically impossible, and it still mostly succeeds at that, uh, though some of the branches feel a little bit underexplored. Um, I haven't revisited the game in at least a decade, though, for a fear that it doesn't hold up. So I hope that you guys like it. I'll be devastated if, uh, to go oh, back and find out that it's not very good after all. Uh, Tom, uh, I'm so I, I sorry. I was going to say I'll be devastated if you don't. E like, in, you know, to be fair, like that's a bad hat to hang your, you know, yeah. place to hang your hat anyway. But please, please don't yeah. pin your don't pin your opinion to ours. Yeah, yeah please yeah. don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, but we both liked it at the time when we played it as young. I didn't yeah. play it over and over when I was young. I, I think I just saw the credits and didn't understand video games enough to know that there would be this kind of completion percentage and other ways to play it. Yeah. You know, but it, it might have done that at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and something that Tom brings up that's really uh, kind of key to this, and it's we brought it up a little bit, but there's parallels to it, is that this is something that is like a console curve game. Yep. You know, I, I talk about that when I think about like GoldenEye. Mm -hmm. Where like Goldeneye is not that impressive of a shooter when you can play Quake Two, but on the console curve, mm -hmm. it's you know it's pretty noteworthy. Um, I wonder if some of my lack of impressive you know impressiveness with this has to do with the fact that I'm more trafficked in PC stuff. Where like I don't know, but like this kind of stuff is not that big a deal. You were impressed with it at the time, though. I was or at still least playing computer games, though. Yeah, I did enjoy it more, but like I also. You know, I, that specific wasn't specifically wasn't a draw for me, but I can see it being a draw, mm -hmm. the kind of console draw. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I guess I mean that like that goes against what you're saying, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, um, but but you know, which is which is fine. I was impressed with it as well, and like you know, you 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 take your adventure games by hook or by crook. Like at this time, I was a hungry, hungry Shenmue boy. So yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's probably where a lot of my affection for this came from, which was that it felt like a, you know, like like a living world, regardless of how unintuitive the main thrust of it was. Yeah. 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 I think that at this point I had known a lot of kind of, you know, you take adventures games, adventure games where you can. I had known uh, adventure games on the PC and had a computer, but this was kind of a like the PS2. I was pretty enamored with it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that as a system and within that that biosphere yeah like it is pretty you know is pretty neat mm -hmm. um you know I, i'm trying to remember i have no memory of what drew me to this like how it landed on my radar it's, it's like, like a review in me. a magazine or something like that like it was reviewed in a magazine i read a really high score about it and then i either rented it or bought it very cheap and then traded it in later the um because it didn't get like huge like like great reviews or anything it got pretty pretty rough reviews, if I recall. It's probably in like middle like sevens or something, yeah, which wasn't like enough a, to persuade real, me. Yeah, and a seven thing. The um, I don't think I saw it in a review because I don't know if I was reading video game magazines at the time. Mm. It might have literally just been me in a used video game store and seeing a weird, thing. <laughs> which is that's great. Like when that when that happens to you, that's yeah. You know, like never never turn that away or never regret those decisions. Yeah, you can just find weird games and it's it's yeah. 
Very phenomenal. Um, I'll finish this out with, with Greg, who is also uh, going to be sad. Um, <laughs> Shadow Destiny comes from one of my favorite major studios, and it also comes from a time when studios were willing to publish what I call middle-tier games. They weren't AAA releases, and they weren't junk bargain titles, but games with moderate support and backing that sometimes turned into a major franchise, and even if not, are still very fun and enjoyable, uh, generally. Nowadays, due to the rising cost of games, this tier has all but vanished. Only a few indie games uh, that get massive crowdfunding support, like the new Torment game, could really fit into this category. I'm already racing myself for Gary not liking this game, <laughs> uh, and I'll be the first to admit there's some flaws uh, with it. The controls are old-fashioned, take some time to get used to. The camera angles uh, are not the best. The graphics clearly come from a time period of early PS2 and only look so-so today. The music is fine while playing the game, but there's nothing really earwormy here, and the voice acting is pretty bad across the board. However, I think this game has a lot going for it. It does some really cool things with the idea of time travel and changing the world around you by doing a small thing in the past and seeing how it affects the future. Combine that with the gimmick of trying to prevent your own death, and it's really unique. I've never seen or played any game exactly like this. It's got some meat to it without being overly long, and the multiple endings add replay value, and the endings can result from what seem like very minor choices of what you do in the game. The whole timey-wimey feel of the game works very well with the adventure game engine, and although the story has some plot holes if you take it... Uh, even though the story has some plot holes, if you take it for what it is, it's very fun and enjoyable. All in all, I recognize the weaknesses of this game uh, and that it's not for everyone. However, I strongly feel the pros of the game outweigh its cons. It's flawed, but fun. Anyone who enjoys adventure games that aren't too long or complicated uh, is highly suggested to check this out. There's a PC port of the game as well as a recent remake on the PSP, so one can find this game for cheap. It's very underrated. Hardly anyone I've talked to about this game has played it, much less have heard of it. Having uh, just played it within the last year, I still had so much fun with it uh, that I, as much as I had when it was new, and would love to see more games like this. Indie devs, please. Crickets. Uh, that's him. <laughs> yeah, he said, cr he, he said crickets. crickets. Yeah, parenthetical yeah. crickets. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we probably fundamentally disagree. Like, I agree that this is special and only could have resulted from those particular circumstances at the time. Right. Like yes. that, 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 that cannot be taken away from this. And the particular charm that comes from kind of the slipshod production of this probably can't be taken away. I think we probably differ on how important the attention to detail and wholeness is. Yeah. I, I think the game does a really bad job of that. Yeah. Um, like I think that the kind of the causality stuff and the puzzles part of it um, is a promise that like isn't delivered on. Yeah. You know? Uh, for the most part, I'm, I agree with you, like in that, like, I also have a lot of affection for middle tier games. Oh yeah. You know, like that's a thing that I, you know, I 100% with you, like this used to be a thing coming from studios. Now it's not so much. Now you find it in indie, in the indie space, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, if, uh, like on checking out comrade or something like that, I am a big champion of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the modest game, you yep. know, like the, the, you know, the ties of Numenera or tyranny, or even just the, like the harebrained schemes, like Shadowrun games, those things are like modest games. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. Like, I love a modest game. Mm -hmm. It just has to have like a, you know, but it still has to meet the minimum standards for a piece of art. Yep. You know, like just because it has that kind of cool, like double A-ness to it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I still need a coherent narrative. Yeah. In a narrative um, game. Like, Gary said double A as though like, oh, not a triple A, but a double A. He's not talking about some kind of weird double A-ness. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> like, Sorry. Like, like that's what it, that, was, that, that's what it sounded like. I just didn't know I, if you recognized what you were doing. <laughs> I know. I did. I, I still am not entirely sure why it sounded like that. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but yeah, that's. I did not mean a double A in this game. I meant, um, 
Like that, that, I've seen the ending of Requiem for a Dream enough times to know Ooh. the double anus games are not what you want. That's not a happy ending for anybody. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you're looking for modern stuff like this or relatively modern, um, a really good kind of time trust, a uh, time travel adventure game, uh, kind of successor to Day of the Tentacle, not quite as great, but uh, Ben There, Dan That, or uh, Time yep. Gentleman, please. Uh, is a good comedic take on this or if you're on ios and i think this is on steam check out the silent age uh which is a more somber take on these kind of things yeah and uh you know and this is something as i've mentioned many times during this thing kind of talking weirdly in the position of like enemy of my enemy uh, (laughs) sugar about it like if you dig this kind of structure of this game this feels a lot like a visual novel to me you should Mm -hmm. try those uh zero escape games yep because like it didn't work for me but mm-hmm. it works for a lot of people, um, and it might work for you. And it does the things this game is trying to do like significantly better, I think. Yeah, and those are only more available now because they are re-releasing them yes. on different platforms and stuff. So like you can, you can get those for nothing. They don't incorporate time travel into the puzzles quite as much. No, no, as this does. So I mean, it's more like, of a thematic that, thing. Yeah. It's more of a thematic thing, but the thematic thing is what this is lacking. You know. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, Day of the Tentacle. Yep. Which, I mean, uh, you know, just do that. It's on sale all the time. Like it's a. Uh, it, it's free. Oh yeah. Like like they're constantly giving away t- Day of the Tentacle, which comes with Maniac Mansion, <laughs> which is just like crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know. So if you like advent, you know, if you like time travel adventure games, you are spoiled for choice, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's even like I was going to say like that kind of underlines our point, but we're talking about games that came out in the mid nineties. Yep. And earlier, so like you know, Day of the Tentacle existed when this came out. Yeah. Uh, going back to that console curve kind of thing um yeah so thanks everybody for writing in if you have things to say about nintendo power or mm-hmm. tomb raider yep. um hit us up at duckfeed.duckfeed.tv forward slash contact mm-hmm. or check us out on social media be that watch out for fireballs on facebook or at duckfeed.tv on twitter to see like maybe we'll announce whatever's going to come after that maybe we won't you know but uh, regardless write in your thoughts because we really want to hear them yeah what's coming after that we'll decide it soon and it will come up in the next episode yeah so I'm, I'm eager to figure out what that is so we can, I can anticipate it and play it. Yeah. Because um, I'm way into being ahead lately. Because <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. Even if it does have, you know, sometimes my memory gets a little bit fuzzy. That's whatever, man. I'm here I'm here taking notes. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> if you like the show, the other thing you can do is uh, join us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Um, kick us a couple of bucks a month. People have been very generous and uh, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is how I uh, live. Yep. So this is, you know, I cannot do this many shows if I have to work a full-time <laughs> job on top of this. Yeah. Um, this pays my rent. And without that, I would not be able to do as much stuff. Yep. So I really do appreciate it. I work a part-time job, you know, like yeah. this. This is also the majority of how I pay my rent as well. So your yep. support is very much uh, appreciated. It makes a huge difference for us and our output and just our general quality of life. And I think about it every day and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Um, if uh, by, by, by this point, we have announced and released the Diggity Duck Bundle um, mm-hmm. in support of charity. Go to duckfeed.tv slash store to check out the banner that is available there uh, to find just a tremendous number of shows that you can buy um, in order to support some uh, some causes that we think are pretty great. And it's uh, it's specifically, you know, unlike other charity things we do that are kind of like a hurry up and get in, uh, this is specifically designed to have a long tail. So yeah. if you don't have, you know, 10 bucks floating around right now, just uh, maybe in a month, set yourself a Google reminder yeah. and uh, and hit it up. Uh, you can do this kind of forever. You can send people the link and just say like, hey, this is a good introduction introductory uh, thing to this podcast network. Um, also, it supports a great cause. Yeah. And 100 uh, percent of the profits of that go. Yeah, you know, we don't make anything from that. Nope. 
Um, yeah. And uh, this is, you know, I feel comfortable saying like 2017 is going to be a uh, good and interesting year for the network. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of kind of uh, ideas and plans for things that uh, in the future mm-hmm. that are all positive and good. Yeah. Um, you know, between that that kind of charity thing, which I'm really happy that we were able to get going mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of other things. So keep an eye. Yeah. Uh, on the network and some cool stuff is is uh, down the road. Yeah. The road. Come come along for the ride. Um, I think that's probably about it. Just about. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we have any deleted scenes. So if I can find something kind of funny to put after this, we'll, you know, listen for it. But otherwise, we will see you next time with uh, with some more stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, that's our famous sign off. We'll see you next time <laughs> with more with stuff. More stuff. <laughs> I'm reaching, man. Umbasa. It's Umbasa. okay. It's uh, Umbasa. <laughs>